Hello, I'm Mita Mystery, and this is Healing Place, the podcast which explores people's stories of challenging times that have shaped their lives and led to change and healing. Today, I chat with Dulce Bojiani. Dulce is a keynote speaker, diversity champion, holistic healer, and confidence coach whose important work has been featured on BBC, Sky News, This Morning, The Guardian, and even podcasts with Katie Piper, Dr. Rupi Orchler, and Gareth Thomas. Beyond achievements, Dulce is an incredible woman. She has survived multiple traumas, including surviving a plane crash at the age of 10, in which she lost her brother and parents, and sustained 45% burns to her face and body. This led to years of bullying and low self-worth. In this episode, Dulce shares her journey of overcoming trauma and how various healing modalities, being true to herself and her inner strength helped. She also offers wisdom on how to work through trauma and go beyond surviving to thriving. Let's meet Dulce. Thank you so much for joining me on Healing Place, Dulce. It's a real honor to have you here today. I've been following your journey on social media. You're this incredible woman, an embodiment of resilience, and you have so much love and compassion is what I see, and you're making such a difference in the world and to people's lives. So it's a real privilege to have you here today and share a a piece of you today so thank you so much for joining me. Hi Mita so nice to be here with you and you know again we've known each other for some time over social media and and then when you did ask me to do this I was like yeah it's a no-brainer you know to support you as well like all the amazing things you do so thank you. Thank you and you, you really do have an incredible story and you've been on a real healing journey and this podcast is all about healing so who would be one of the best people to have here it would be yourself so and I just want to start with your social media and I've noticed that and I really love this that you sign off all your posts with I love you Mm -hmm. can you tell us a little bit more about this um yeah it actually got um inspired by uh, Victoria Beckham when you know she does little kisses I think she writes And then I thought, that's such a cute little sign-off. But mine would be, I love you, because at the end of certain phone calls, I'm always like, I love you. And I realise it it might be to my bank manager or somebody else. (laughs) (laughs) But they, like, go, oh, no one's really said that to me before. And I don't know, I just it's just me. I I, I just sign off, I love you. To people, obviously, I do love. And even random people who do call me, so I'm like, I love you. And they're like, um okay so I thought on my post if I write that and people read right till the end it's just to know that I do love you you know I my love for you is unconditional and that's it that's really beautiful I love that and I think there needs to be more of that in the world doesn't there yeah well look you know one of my um one of the quotes that I absolutely love is hate doesn't drive hate love does and any solution love is the solution it's so surreal but you know any emotion we're feeling if you sprinkle love on it it just gets better yeah I love that that's really beautiful you've been on a massive healing journey you know you've survived multiple traumas and you know you are thriving now there's something in you that is so fierce and so unstoppable and I really want to explore that so if we go back to 10 year old Dulce how did you cope with the loss of losing your immediate family what was going on for you who did you turn to for support but yeah like back to Dulce 10 I I was a boisterous person you know I was the girl in the playground fighting injustices so I guess I became a bully because I stood up to the bullies. I think I've seen the head teacher's office then probably more than my classroom, to be honest. <laughs> I was in trouble. But I just couldn't watch injustices. I just couldn't see it. I just, it grated on me. Um, and that time, obviously, I didn't know about words and how to talk kindness. Mine was very violent. So no, I don't advocate that at all. But, um, you know, I do want to, I probably would hit somebody, you know, that's what I did. Look, I hands up, you know, that's what I was like as a child. And, you know, my mum and dad, often and not, 
when they'd send us to bed early, their form of grounding. I'd often hear like my mum and dad say, what are we going to do with this firecracker? That's what they'd literally call me, a firecracker. Um, and laugh about it because I guess they just didn't know what they were going to do with me. Like they couldn't argue with the fact that she was standing up to somebody in the playground. So I guess with that kind of energy, that kind of spirit, I believe that's what did get me through things. But I've always had this other kind of side of me where I, I've got this attitude, it's no big deal. Now, I don't know if that was a coping strategy or if that's just me, as in, oh, it's no big deal. Like, that has got me through so much. So obviously, when my accident happens and I get delivered the news, I don't absorb that news straight away. Um, I'm 10. You know, my processing system is very different. Even when they yeah. hand me the mirror in hospital, after they removed the bandages from my eyes, would you like to see yourself? I was excited because as far as I'm concerned, what does looking different really look like? You know, everyone's prepared me. You look different, Dulce. You know, you've lost your mum and dad. You know, you've been involved in this accident. But what does that mean to a 10-year-old? Like, I thought somebody may have coloured my hair. But when that person in the mirror was staring back, I'm like, whoa, who drew that who drew that face on? Because I'm the prankster. I felt somebody pranked me. And I looked down at my hands and, you know, the red raw, because they had um, metal rod sticking out and, um, you know, red raw from the scars and stuff. But um, even at that point, I still felt like in a year's time, there's going to be this magic magic cloth. Someone's going to, it's going to wipe away and these scars won't exist. So in my head, it was like, it's not a big deal. I've only got a year to live with this. It's okay. Obviously, then a year and more years and years have passed. And, you know, obviously, I still got my scars. But um, the impact of what had happened to me didn't hit me until I left hospital and years after where the bullying had started. But in in, inside, I've always went, come on, tools. It's no big deal. It's no big deal. You've got this. And I, I guess that was why I kept waking up every day. It's no big deal. It's no big deal. So even when my kidneys failed, you know, um, almost 16 years later, same attitude. No big deal. You've got this. It's okay. Don't get me wrong. Internally, the battle was completely different. The battle was literally almost like, how on earth am I going to do this? How on earth am I going to cope with life? Because uh, at the time when my kidneys failed, I was at university. So it was like, okay, how am I going to do my degree beyond dialysis I guess this inner spirit I believe it's something you're just born with you know um we're all born with this I feel like we've all been given this pot of resilience a pot of strength from birth and I don't think I'm any more special than anyone else I, I believe we all have it but it's how we tap into that right we can either go into survivor or victim it's a choice mindset so I guess I went down the survivor one are you aware of what sort of made you choose that that survivor rather than the victim yeah I don't think it was an option if I'm honest with you for me even though we all have choices because it is a choice but for me I didn't feel like I had a choice I didn't feel like that was an option I couldn't sit there and just go feel sorry for myself. I, I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe it's the way I've grown up. Um, a lot of preparation I had in life, I guess. Pre when I say that is I grew up with my grandparents after the accident. So different mindset again. Um, very much like, whoa, it's no big deal. It happens to everyone else. Um, everyone loses someone. So that sort of mindset I got was, well, just shut up and get on with it then. You know, Um and then another thing was like, well, who's going to marry you? This is age 10, you know, so we're never thinking about boys marriage at that age. But, you know, as culture goes, it's quite normal. But it's like, who's going to marry you? Look at you. So because that was already ingrained in me, I don't know, something within me had to just go, get on with it, T. You're going to have to get on with yeah. this. One day you're going to prove them wrong. So all the negative narratives that I was that was filtering through from society community even our dna cultural dna i wanted to prove to them that you're wrong 
And I'm so mm. proud that today I can actually say that you're wrong, you know. Um, all of those narratives that were coming at me, I'm just smashing them out and say, actually, they don't apply to me. <laughs> wrong person. And you really have smashed those narratives, haven't you? Yeah. And it seems that was your driving force. It's given you so much strength. And it shows your fighting spirit, really, doesn't it? It really does. So looking at these narratives, you're saying you had lots of cultural expectations. What sort of things? Was this to be a certain way, look a certain way? What was going on for you? Yeah, so, I mean, obviously, I got scars on my face. um, And my measure of Mm -hmm. beauty, and I'm sure many South Asian women would identify, is our first point of beauty is Bollywood actresses, right? Because, again, we've grown up with that as our, you know, role models. And the thing is, we're we're persecuting ourselves because we don't look like them. But the thing is, we're not meant to look like them. So I kept trying to compare myself to someone on TV. Even they don't look like themselves because if you take all the makeup and everything off, they don't look like that star. You know, they don't look like the person on screen. So my measure of beauty was that. So I was never going to be beautiful in the eyes of society if that's what our norm was or our role model was but I went but I don't want to look like them because that's not me and it's how do we teach women to accept themselves as they are with the beautiful mindsets with the beautiful experiences that they've had and overcome the adversity that they've overcome all of these things why are we not teaching women to own that rather than focusing on their physical appearance as the most important thing? My scars, I don't get to take them off and go, you know what, I'll park them today and deal with you later. An invisible scar, yes, we can run away from an invisible scar, right? We can distract ourselves. We'll have substance abuse, whatever it is to suppress it. But when it's physical, I can't escape that. So every day I have to face this, the negative narratives, the judgment, the bullying, as well as the emotional turmoil of the loss, the grief. Yeah. It's, there's so much to unpack there. But so, yes, there's culturally there was so much put upon me to be this certain person and I was never going to live up to be that mm. person. So every day I'd persecute who I was, trying to change who I am, to fit this narrative, mm. but I was unhappy. And I've abused substances, um, you know, alcohol, drugs, retail therapy, food, you name it. There's so many things I've used, all to fit in. And even then I wasn't good enough, right? You know, even then it's like, well, you're not drunk enough or you're not this enough. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I went, well, you know what? It's never enough. It's never enough. Well, I said, well, I am enough for me. And that's when it all stopped. You know, I'm enough for me. I don't need to be enough for you or anyone else. I need to be enough for me. And if we, if I could give that to any person listening today is you are enough as you are. You do not need to exceed that to impress somebody. The only person you need to impress is yourself. Because your measure is the person you were yesterday to who you are today, to who you want to be tomorrow. That's all it is, you know. You're not here to measure it against your family member, your partner or anyone else. It's you versus you. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. And I love that how you came to that self-acceptance. Obviously, it's been a journey. How old were you when you did get to that point of self-acceptance and that self-worth, embracing yourself as you are? Um, So 2012 was a very pivotal year for me in that I met my Reiki master. I mean, I'm very aware of the chakras, seven chakra system, you know. I'm very aware of the healing modalities, different healing modalities. And so I'm very aware of like my solar plexus and the emotional center and things like that. So when I went for my treatment, that particular day was a really nice sunny day. It was sort of July and a nice sunny day. I'm driving along and I'm like, well, I feel good today. The weather's great. I just genuinely feel good. So that treatment, I'll just see as one hour of relaxation. But what had actually happened in that treatment was when when I laughingly said to my Reiki master was, um, my solar plexus has left the building and hasn't come back. 
And he was like, okay. But when he scanned the area and he's like, God, you weren't even joking. He goes, how are you operating like this? Like, I think that broke him as well. It's like, how do you keep going even if your solar plexus is not working as optimal? Like, how are you still functioning? And I think even for him, he really understood very early that I was a very unique case study, <laughs> a very unique person. Um, so that's where it started, my self-love journey. Now, self-love journey doesn't just happen and go, yeah, yeah, I love myself. You know, it's not that. But it started everything that I had to look within, face all the shadows, all the darkness, take off all the masks and go, who is Dulce? So back to what age? Well, at that time, um, I was, what, 32. Today, I'm 44. I'd say in terms of acceptance, it's not, I can't put an age to it. But if I was to put an age, I'd say 44 now. Now now is the day where I can say, I know who I am unapologetically. I answer to nobody. I, It's me against me. Um, and that's basically it. Um, so yeah, 44, I guess, if we're going to put an age on it. Okay. So you, you mentioned that you had some Reiki. What other healing modalities have you delved into that you have found to be really sort of beneficial um, on your healing journey? So, so I've never had any mental health related therapies. So I've never had counseling or psychological um, interventions since my accident. So everything that I've done has been off my own back, you know. Would I want to advocate that? No, because I did now wish I had some along the journey. Would have been great. But with that in mind, I did a counselling certificate course. Um, I think I was around age 20. And I know some of these courses, I think they accept 25 because obviously about experience and emotional development life experience yeah but they accepted mm -hmm. me and that's when again another spotlight came on to my shadows and I didn't want to face them because I had to pretend when I say I had to pretend I had to pretend I'm great I'm good everything's great mm -hmm. because the way I was brought up shut up and put up losses happen so what you look like this get over it so because that was my mentality I portrayed I'm good I'm happy so in this counseling certificate course we had to write a lot about our emotions and our day and I used to glamorize the day and actually my teacher pulled me up and goes I'm not knocking that you have a great day but really with your trauma, are you telling me you don't have a day where you're sad or you're upset or you're lonely? I was like, no. And he goes, I'll be very honest with you. He goes, you need to really be honest. If your day has been boring, mm -hmm. please write that in your diary. You don't need to glamorize that. Yeah, my day was wonderful. And I was like, oh, my God, I'm so pretending to make my life look so amazing when actually it wasn't I was lonely I was sad I was well I'd say abandoned and I couldn't use those words because then I felt guilty mm. I felt guilty that I'm saying that about my parents that they abandoned me like it was a choice you know mm. so I had all these things I had to process and digest so with that in mind after doing that certificate course I started to look at um acupuncture because um, a very good friend of mine in the USA, uh, she's a five-element acupuncture um, practitioner. That's what I do. Ah, oh, I love it. Amazing. So yes. she <laughs> connected with her, and I was like, oh, this sounds really cool. Because, as you know, like each point has a really cool name, and there's such beautiful names. So I went into that, and I really enjoyed it. Found a clinic here in um, London, and then... I started to hear about um, pranic healing. So around the same sort of time. So I did my master's in pranic healing. So don't get me wrong, in all of these modalities, I wasn't healing. I was just yeah. enjoying, like it was cool, it was a treatment. It's not until, you know, where I meet my Reiki master that all of those modalities now went, ah, oh, now it makes sense. 
now it makes sense what they were trying to make me do make me look at the shadows that light bulb <laughs> literally yeah so yeah I've done um done like yes uh, acupuncture reiki pranic healing art therapy color therapy so just various things like that but yeah I think I think when I started the reiki was literally the most pivotal part of the journey mm-hmm. brilliant and that's really inspiring to hear that you know you delved into that and also you've used so much of your own inner strength as part of your healing and you know you were saying about the psychological support you wish you would have had some of that when you were younger also talking about grief with our culture it's very taboo isn't it it's one of those things like you keep saying that just get on with it put your mask on happy face on and just get on it happens to everybody what's your relationship like now with the heritage and that sort of whole aspect of not being able to really be yourself authentically how do you feel about it now do you resent any part of that culture um I don't resent it um I understand it, you know, and I think that's what my biggest thing is. We can judge something or we can do something about it, right? We can just be defeatist and go, well, it is it, well, it is what it is, so what's the point? Well, no, there is a point because to watch another South Asian woman go through that mental torture, I think that's the biggest injustice for me. I can't sit there and watch that. Mm. I just can't. My message would be, so it is possible to heal. It's possible to do so much. And more than anything, it's possible to fulfill your dreams or at least try to fulfill your dreams. Like I want to give that because feeling of hopelessness, I've been there and I lived in it for a very long time. The Tulsi that you see today, I see today, I didn't even know this place existed. I didn't know this place of liberation existed. Maybe it was a fantasy of mine when I was growing up. You know, we all hear about enlightenment, self-actualization, self-realization, all of these types of words. But to actually attain, to get towards that, it means letting go of our ego. It means letting go of all this mind chatter, attachments. It's not easy. But as a South Asian man or woman, I want to be able to say it is possible And you can do all of this with love because today I could have chosen to use my story as a story of despair, but I choose to use my story as hope. Giving up is not an option. There was a moment last year actually where I did want to give up and I'm really glad I was able to be honest about that because I could have just pretended like I would have done years ago. But being honest and being vulnerable, as I say, is the most sexiest thing on the planet. It really is vulnerability is literally for me the most sexiest thing if somebody can show me their vulnerability honestly like they're that much more attractive to me it is very beautiful isn't it 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 really is it's to actually be able to see somebody be raw with themselves and to be able to then feel trusted in a trusted environment that they can share that I don't know it just gives me goosebumps even talking about it now it's beautiful so I hope you know yeah I hope people know like I want them to listen to this and know that I am that safe space should they want to share should they want to contact me on socials or whatever it is they want to do to share something that they may feel ashamed of feel guilty embarrassed just know I'm not here to judge I'm here to listen and if we could all do that can you just imagine how much more people will flourish absolutely thing is most people have experienced some form of trauma in their life trauma is trauma at the end of the day some people have experienced multiple traumas the thing is if we just assume everybody has experienced some form of trauma it makes no difference to those who haven't but for those who have it can make a massive difference it could be pivotal on their journey to recovery and that's where it's so important what you're doing you are a light you are a beacon of hope for so many people Do you mind if we just discuss a little bit about the low moment that you had last year when you felt like giving up? What was happening? Oh, absolutely. No, please. Yeah. So last year, I'm not really knowledgeable about astrology and things like that. But, you know, Saturn last year was playing havoc where Saturn is one of those, it will show your shadows. And just when when I thought, oh, yay, my healing is done. I'm great. 
it threw a big spanner in the works. And the reason I say that is, I'm laughing now, is I had to be really honest about grief in that mm-hmm. the inner child in me now was allowed to be upset at my parents, angry at them. They left me. That's it, you know. They left me abandoned. I was resentful. I was hurt. So I acknowledged that inner child pain. Now, inner child pain or inner child trauma, that's hard because the adult has rationalization, but the inner child has no rational rationalization, right? So anyone who's listening who got children, you know, or or can identify even with themselves being children, you don't want to be pacified. You don't want to say, yeah, you know, ignore that. They want to be heard. They want to, Mm. if they want to throw their toys at the pram, they want to throw it, right? Whereas I never got to throw my toys at the pram as soon as my accident happened. I had to grow up. I had to be my mum and dad when I grew up, you know. I had to navigate Mm. Growing up on my own, effectively, being a parent to myself. So I never got to enjoy a childhood. I never got to enjoy my teenage years as an average teenager can. And I say average, meaning, you know, going out with your friends and getting drunk and doing all of those kind of things. I couldn't do that. So last year, it all came to light that all of those things that was suppressing, they came out. And it was so overwhelming that I was like, is this how it's always going to be? Is this how I'm going to be living the rest of my life, whatever time there is, just constantly feeling like this? And that's when I went, you know what? I'm not religious or anything of that nature. I'm very, you know, I'm very free spirit. But I just went, universe, if you're going to take me, just please just take me now, I'm done. Like, I'm done. Mm -hmm. And those closest to me, and there's very few who are very close to me, they had to witness this. And they had to witness it without trying to give me guidance or help because the thing with me is I already know the answer. I don't need answers from them. I just needed them to listen. But I also said to them, when you're listening, Try and listen objectively. Don't listen as if you love me. Just listen objectively. And that is hard because when you love someone, you cannot listen to that objectively, right? But they had to listen to me going, I can't do this. I don't want to be here. I wasn't going to do anything about it. So don't get me wrong. This This wasn't about me taking an intervention. But I was just at that point. I thought, I can't carry this load anymore. And that's when I realized I don't need to carry the load anymore. 34 years I've been carrying a load. I didn't need to. Mm. So that's where that came from. And then towards, you know, and also even with that, work wasn't coming in. So then again, I felt more dismissed. So I, I kept getting invitation for things. They wanted me to to work for £20. And I'm like, is that all I'm worth? But in the same sense, pulling no. me inspirational and I had to start unpacking that. So a lot of my self-worth and value really came to light for me to that. To the point, I had to step off this hamster wheel, roller coaster, whatever you want to call it, and go, oh my gosh, you've been through all of this and you want to work for £20? Are you kidding me? That is insulting. It really is. But what people don't understand is by asking for this freebie or the 20 pound, how insulting mm. that actually is. But I accepted that thinking that's okay. Because again, as South Asian women, we're told to just not be enough, right? Like, yeah. don't be greedy, accept your lot. Yeah. No, mm. do not. Do not settle for anything less than what is right for you. Absolutely, And that's what spotlighted um, for me last year was my worth and value. So the post you see of me now where I'm speaking more of this is all from the experience. And I can see this because any woman that I meet, regardless of where where they are in their journey, I know what questions and 
information is going on in that head. I know because I've been there. I've been at the bottom. And I want to be able to say to someone, you can let it go. Absolutely. I love that. So when you say you can let it go, how did you go about doing that? Because it's not easy to let go. It's not. Um, Well, I know for the biggest thing for me is, is the mind chatter. Now we hear about, you know, mindset, mindset, mindset. All our life, we've been taught to think, 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 which is where we overthink and burn our brains out. The mind was always the slave and our heart was always the master. But somehow that got reversed. The mind became the master and the heart became the slave. And when I say the mind became the master is something happens. The mind loves to create stories. That's what it is. It's a storyteller. Now, what it will do, it will create the worst case scenarios. We live in that negative narrative. How do you flip that? Well, that's the hard bit, right? Because how do you flip the mind and how do you stop it overthinking? Well, it's all good and it's all well and good saying, well, do meditation, do mindfulness, do that's lovely, it's nice. It's not easy when you're living in a real world where life is happening. The world we live in here to someone living, let's just say, I don't know, a village in Africa, for example, two different mindsets. I look at them and they are happy with bare minimum things. And I say things meaning material, but they're happy. Whereas here, we've got so many things and we're still unhappy. Why? Because we're so caught up in what others are doing. We must have that bigger, the better, more, more, more. This more that we're reaching towards, it will never bring you happiness. It just cannot. It's like that carrot dangling situation. The more you keep dangling and going towards it, the greater the problem. So as I'm healing my mental consumption, I'm realizing I need less. My inspiration when I travel, the reason I travel a lot more, I mean, I love traveling, is I love different cultures. I love how they live. I love to understand what is their version of happiness. And then that's how I start to work through my own traumas and healing. I've realized the heart is my master now. And as soon as I learned the heart is my master, I don't need to prove myself to nobody. And I'm not driven by my mind. Yes, my mindset is strong, absolutely. But that is strong because I work from my heart. Love that. And this is where I think I just see and feel so much love and compassion from you because you're obviously working from that heart energy. And it's interesting because I think it was a quote, Zen master or someone said, the longest journey you'll ever take is from your head to your heart. Absolutely. Because we are so stuck in our heads. Yeah. This whole striving culture that you were saying is so true. You know, our brains are automatically wired to compare and look at likes and look at what someone else is doing, what holidays they've been on, how they look. It's just nonstop. No wonder people are exhausted, you know, coming off that hamster wheel and just having that awakening and saying, you know, no more. I just actually, I need to simplify. And I love that you're doing that and you've done that. And you're clearly so much better off for it, aren't you? Yeah. The thing is, you know, I walk around like, I was like on the tube yesterday. Actually, I'm smiling because I can see, you know, everyone just staring at me and that, is my norm you know sad to say that's my norm but I just smile I was just smiling because I'm happy and they're probably looking at thinking this girl is probably on drugs or whatever she's on why is she trigger happy and I look at them and I just think my god look at the weight you're carrying in your mind you know look at that whatever pressures you're carrying and wow focus on that please focus on don't focus on me focus on how you can be bettering yourself and your life to take that mental weight off. Because I can only imagine how heavy that is because I know how heavy that has been. And, you know, I've just done a recent post on, um, on what did I call it, unintentional weight loss because I've not come on a journey of weight loss where I'm going to, you know, do this and do that because it wasn't going to work for me. That type of pressure was never going to work until I worked on the inner inner weight the emotional baggage the mental baggage that is far heavier than my physical baggage of course my physical body is going to be the manifestation but as that has been healing me to honestly the weight has been falling off and the more honest I am about what I eat as well like 
I don't need lots of food. I'm a, I'm a petite girl. I don't need overconsumption of anything. And again, we're so bombarded with that whole overconsumption, not just food, but clothes, money, and abundance of everything. And it's a distraction. It's all distractions to keep us away from who we truly are. You're absolutely right. The journey is from within, making peace with yourself. And this leads me on to the authenticity. So for you, I know authenticity is really, really important. What does it mean to you and how do you show up in your life authentically every day? So I show up the way I speak, the way I dress. What you see on social media is what you see on real life. You know, I've not glammed it up today. It's literally, I've had a shower, quick breakfast, and here I am. The question I asked you earlier, like, is this going to be recorded on video? Just more not because I had to get doled up, but for the lighting. And that's me. That's honestly me. Everything I post, everything I share. When you meet me on the street, if you're going out for a walk to if you met me for coffee or at an event, you're going to see the same person. You're not going to get a different side of me. You're just going to get this version. And how many of us, you know, share the real version of us? How many of us actually are wearing a mask all the time, right? Like we go to an award ceremony, you have this certain persona, and then you go shopping in your local supermarket and you have a different persona to the one you have at home. I'm the same. I'm nuts, literally, in person, anywhere you go, right? Anywhere you go. Um, and that's what, that's what authentic looks like to me and feels like to me. And what it also looks and feels like to me is completely being honest with what I like and don't like. So if we go somewhere out for dinner, I can be very specific with what I like and don't like. Whereas before I'd been, it's okay, I don't want to make a big deal. I won't be fussy. I own what I like and I won't settle for anything less than that. Also, it looks like I give you the permission to be yourself around me. Drop your mask, drop your guard. I give that. And that's what I want to give to anyone that is in an encounter with me, be it in person, online, wherever you meet me, even if you follow me on socials, full of love and compassion. And that's all I'm going to reflect back at you. You know, I live with the universal truth. I don't live, my truth is my truth, right? Like my story is my story. I can fabricate it. Only I have to live with that lie. There's two laws I live by, is the law of the universe and the law of the land. They're the two laws that I work with, you know, anything else. I have no rules in life. I'm here to smash things and just say, nope, doesn't work for me. And somebody said to me, I love how you always give me different perspectives. And that's who I am. I like to give a different perspective. I love all of that. And what's really coming through for me is this real strong being true to yourself. That's so important, the truth and being true to yourself. Mm -hmm. When you're wearing all these different masks, imagine how exhausting that must be to be something different all the time to different people. It really is. So like, you know, sometimes, I mean, don't get me wrong, like we go through things and we might say something like, I might say to you, oh, Mita, I'm sharing this, but don't tell anyone, right? Like the secrets and there's things like, things we might be embarrassed about, whatever. But don't tell anyone or or don't say nothing to anyone because I don't want this and this person to find out. But this lie that we're living with all the time you don't know who you've said something to. So one day that's going to come back on you. I might put somebody down like, oh, Mita, you know that friend of ours, da, 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 da. And then you you see me and this friend being pally and you're like, hang on a minute. What's going on? But one day that it will come back. That lie will come back. So in terms of ourselves, we're constantly lying to ourselves. We are always lying. And the worst part I hear an adult goes, I will never tell a lie. I'm an honest person. Wrong. Because the more you're lying to your internal self and you're not living to who you really are, you're the greatest liar on the planet for me. That's it. You know, and I had to become that because every time I said, well, I'm, I'm an honest person, I wasn't because I wasn't honest with myself. The greatest liar is the one within. The story we created in this lovely mind of ours, you know, and then the heart went, right, I'm done with your lies. I'm done with everything. <laughs> Yeah. So what advice would you give to somebody who wants to embark on a journey of self-discovery or go sort of deeper into their healing journey in terms of being honest with themselves? Because sometimes by being honest with yourself, it means 
it could have a lot of repercussions. It might mean leaving that marriage. It might mean leaving that job, mean you don't have any money. So it can be quite a scary thing. What would you say to somebody who's in that position right now? To be honest, the most scary thing is being in those positions, as in staying in that position, to be fair. The truth, as I always say, is the most ugliest thing to face, to be honest. And the lie is the most beautiful thing, right? Lies is, you know, can glitterize it and everything else. I think I've made that word up. <laughs> but you can put glitter on it, shiny diamonds on it. But um, the truth, you cannot do that. You cannot put glitter on the truth or diamonds. The truth is raw. It's ugly. It's painful. It's horrendous. It's nauseating. I'm trying to explain all the things I used to feel. But I tell you, once you face it, it is the most beautiful liberation because guess what? You don't need to hide. And that is the place to be. Now, yes, it might mean someone losing a job, maybe leaving a marriage or a relationship. But you know what's even worse is staying in all of that and no one showing you your worth and you not seeing your worth. If means facing the truth, is going to bring you closer to your happiness. You've got to choose happiness, which means the truth. I mean, my journey is what? I would say 30, I always say 34 years because it started at the age of 10. I mean, I'm 44 now, but 34 years I've been living a lie, right? Every day living a lie, but I can't. I'm a five foot two person. There's only so much this little vessel can carry, right? Um, until it combusts. I had to let all that pretense go, let all of that ego and external validation go so I can just be living for my true authentic self which is my heart and my soul I need to nourish my soul so sometimes it can be a simple meal sometimes it's the children's laughter sometimes love you know my love language to anyone really really intimately close to me knows like my food is my love language i.e green peas cauliflower uh, sweet corn strawberries you know, <laughs> simple things are my love language if somebody said they had strawberries I, honestly I felt like I've ate it you know um they're all things that bring joy to my soul body confidence is also love language years and years and years tormenting myself we've all had these things too big too this you're too this too that you lose weight oh my god what's happened you look ill you put on weight oh god look you're fat you know there's yeah, so yeah, much yeah. but I was recently on a holiday to Dubai like yourself <laughs> and you know, I wear bikinis on holiday and this particular holiday, which was beautiful for me to witness, was I, I looked around and people were staring and a lot of the other guests were from Russia and Ukraine. So there's like a big influx of them as tourists. And obviously every country has different versions of beautiful and whatever. They're, but I could see people were staring in disgust and I smiled and I went, thank oh. God I don't look like them. Thank God I just look like me because I've got no one to compare myself with. I am happy looking different. And for the first time, I could actually say that I'm so proud to look different. I don't want to fit in. I don't even want to look like anyone else. I love my little love handles and they're forever going to change. You know, that's not a forever thing. I love... I was in my red bikini and black shorts and I could walk around. Good for you. Without feeling like I need to cover up just so other people yeah. don't stare. I did not care. And that is true body confidence yeah. is when you don't care and you show yourself in full glory yeah. and you don't care and you're just so comfortable in your skin. I absolutely love that. And there is so much shame around our bodies and women are so afraid or always beat themselves up women's men as well we should look a certain way because of these unrealistic beauty standards that are out there and the fashion keeps changing you know there's always going to be a different trend and the key thing really is to just be happy in your own skin and accept your flaws because none of us are perfect what is perfect anyway well, we are perfect. That's the irony. When I, you know, back to our earlier conversation, we are enough. Hence why we are perfect as we are. But 
external narratives made us look at ourselves as imperfect. We were perfectly formed in whatever that looked like. And again, it's body confidence. Again, it's such a mindset shift. Like I said, I've worn bikinis for a good few years. But internally, I always do have a little conversation with myself. Oh, what are you going to do when someone stares today? Or how are you going to react? But this holiday, that wasn't even in place. That conversation didn't even happen. And that's why I'm able to share this today is each time you do something, it gets lighter and lighter. Confidence isn't this destination. Honestly, it isn't. It's like life is not defining moments. It's a series of things where like you consistently show up every day and then boom, one day, oh, I looked at something differently today. Wow. And that's what this holiday was. I never expected I was going to feel that. I didn't even know this mindset existed. It's like a series of awakenings, aren't they? Every now and then. Yeah, it literally Mm. is that. Yeah, it's like a lot. You just feel different in yourself. You react and respond differently to what you would have previously done. That's when you know that, ah, I'm different. I've I've moved on or something in me has shifted. Yeah, and I want to, I love looking different. Not just about my scars. I love my body looks like my body it doesn't need to look like everyone else's and you know something I've always said in a lot of my talks is I'm not your definition of beautiful I'm my definition so again that takes me out the rat race I don't need to look like anyone else yeah absolutely I love that and I think the the same applies to success you know there's all these like metrics for success by this age you should have Mm -hmm. done this and been married with a house with two kids and a car and There's all these metrics that are out there. And I think actually we should define our own meaning of what success looks like, Mm -hmm. our own meaning of what beauty looks like. We should be redefining those things for ourselves, not by what society and the world is telling us. Yeah, and and it's all distraction. All of these things are put there in place to distract us from reaching our true selves. And when those who are doing that level of work, we deem them boring. Oh, my God, you've changed. You don't come out anymore. You cannot do this in a noisy, chaotic environment, i.e. when you're out partying and, you know, in a bar. You cannot do that healing work, right? It, it, it takes place in a, in, a, in a quiet space. Like, I am, I never thought I was a home girl until I am a home girl. Now, to get me out of the house your presence has to be way better than my perfect. And that's the bottom line. I don't want to meet up for a cup of tea unless you're going to bring something to the table. If you're just, if you're calling me out for a cup of tea or coffee or whatever it is, because you want to pick my brains, no, that's called coaching. You pay for that. Now, if I do go socially somewhere, I know who I am. I'm not insecure with what's going on in that environment. But before I was really insecure. And that's the difference when you work on yourself and go back to those situations or settings. I am different. So when I do go to a party now, I don't compare myself to another beautiful woman anymore because I'm not in competition with her. Right? But before I was, even though she doesn't know it, she's just carrying on doing her thing, you know, bless her. But I was insecure to her. And then when, what happens when women are insecure to each other? We put them down without realizing there's a story behind that woman and that's the bottom line that's the level of work I've had to do on myself and that's really beautiful to hear and and thank you for your honesty on that because everybody has insecurities and just learning to listen to what they are and choosing to work on it no I don't want to feel like that if everybody did that imagine how the world would look Mm mm-hmm yeah. It'd be so different. It would. We'd all be raising one another up. Yeah. But you know that thing about, um, it's all good saying, you know, women supporting women and women lifting each other. And that's, mm. it's almost like it's confetti thrown around. But how many of us are actually doing that, right? Now, we didn't have predecessors before us doing that because obviously we've grown up in cultures where women were tearing each other down, right? Because it's almost like we were always in competition. Now we're in a different space, don't get me wrong. But 
how many are actually helping each other up or how many are actually competing each other but calling it women supporting women so I don't want to be fake about that if I'm supporting you is because there's no competition between us I want to see you win it doesn't matter if we both got the same business we're always going to bring a different flair yeah I think the thing is when you understand that your journey and everybody's journey is unique and we all bring a different purpose or message to the world whatever you want to call it you realize there is no competition there is space for everybody and actually we're all working in effectively towards the same goal big purpose we're just doing it in different ways if there's two people with coaching businesses the fact is you'll attract different people because you'll put out a different energy and there's somebody for everybody so as a therapist I never feel threatened by other acupuncturists or therapists because I think well you'll get the patients that need your your skills and I'll get so you know you refer people on because there is no competition and I think that's a really it's actually a very nice place to be in as well because you don't you're not constantly having to look over your back you're you're actually working collaboratively with people and that is Lovely, but I hear what you're saying about there's lots of words thrown about women supporting women, but how many of them are truly doing that? Yeah. That's really interesting, yeah. Yeah, because I know, don't get me wrong, I'm around mm. lots of different, you know, groups of women in respect, but sometimes I'm watching and then there's still a lot of competition and I think that's what needs to keep changing. Um, that conversation needs to keep happening and that can only happen when we are secure within ourselves and that's the only solution to this is, focusing on your insecurities and then working through those my insecurity was the beautiful woman in the bar as I used to call it so when I was a lot younger and you know where I never felt attracted or attractive when I used to go to a bar and I see guys look at this beautiful woman in the bar and they look twice and maybe three times and maybe even ask her out or whatever it was I never got to experience that so externally, everyone's like, yeah, Tulsi is the life and soul of the party. But come home, in my room, in my bed, I'm crying because yet again, I'm not that beautiful woman somebody looked at twice. So instead of feeling gutted about the guy not looking at me, I resented the woman. But what has she done to me? She's not done nothing to me. But I was comparing myself to this woman who wasn't even my competition. I love that. I love that you're so honest and you're really holding that mirror up and looking at yourself and and doing that work, that really important work and that message that you have for women, men, whoever it is who has those insecurities, rather than projecting onto other people, turn that energy inwards and, and do something to make a difference for yourself that you'll look back like you're doing now. I think I'm so proud of myself for doing that and acknowledging this is how I felt Yeah, and moving forward. So I think that's so powerful what you're saying. And there's so much of that out there that it's needed. Mm-hmm. So thank you. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Yeah. No. <laughs> you really are very inspiring. So what messages would you want to give to somebody who is struggling right now with say any aspect of their experience some societal expectations what wisdom or message would you want to leave with them right now um I think for biggest thing is everything that's happening to you is happening for you as well it's all a spotlight on well what what is this journey trying to teach you what is what is it that you need to learn from it It's not somebody's life gets more and somebody gets less. We're all given the same amount. It's what we do with it. Again, it's about choice. Now, somebody can say, well, Tulsi, I have no choice. There is always a choice. It might not be what the ego thinks is a good choice, but there's always a choice. I could have chosen to be a victim and continue that mindset or I could have chosen to be a survivor and use that mindset. But I, the choices that I was making for myself, good, bad, or ugly, I didn't know they were going to lead me to where I am today. I didn't know. But clearly, thank God, they did pay off. 
The difference is consistently show up for yourself every day, whatever it looks like. It doesn't need to look glitz and glam. It just requires you to do the same thing day in, day out. To the external world, that sounds boring. But guess what? Showing up every day consistently that I have for the 34 years have paid off today. Not everyone's going to look like 34 years. Some people might be 10 years, some people 5, some people 10. But don't give up is one thing. Whatever is happening in your life, it's not good, it's not bad, it just is. It's how you look at it. Use conscious language. If you start choosing to use better words, that's what's helped me. It sounds so simple, but you know something? It, it really is that simple. I chose to use very conscious language, high vibrational types of words that changed for me. I love that. Thank you. Can you just give us a few examples of some of your favorite high vibrational words? <laughs> Liberation in terms of being free, free from that pain, from that trauma that we're in. Words, conscious is a beautiful word. I love consciousness. And consciousness reminds me of my beautiful connection with Lord Krishna, who is my best friend and my guide in life and has held my hand, God, through everything. And I feel like I've Aww. tested him more than he's tested me. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Literally, I don't recognize Tulsi a year ago. So forget somebody 10, 15 yeah. years even if I look at a picture from a year ago, I'm like, my God, you were sad. Even though I was happy because we're not ever meant to be the same. We are evolving people. But the one thing that will always be the same is the essence of who we are. The essence of who we are, will no one can take that away, right? I always say money you can make again, looks you can do this and that too. But the essence of you, the spirit of you, no one can take that away from you. Once you've tapped into the essence of who you are, nothing else matters, honestly. Love it. Be yourself, raw, unapologetically you, like Dulcie. Dulcie is just an incredible woman. It's been real pleasure Thank to you. chat with you today. I will put your links in the show notes. Is there anything else you'd like to share with the listeners before we say goodbye? Well, I, I wish you all the best in your journey, always, you know, and wherever you can throw love into your journey, please do, honestly. And first and fo foremost, give compassion to yourself. Forgive yourself for all the things you had to do in survivor mode, all the tools you had to use or not use forgive yourself do not be tormented by things you decisions you had to make then but just know as you're going into the thriver part of your life you don't need those tools anymore you're allowed to adopt new ones you're allowed to find new ones and then when you're in the striver mode you can drop all those tools and everything you got within just use that honestly um and yeah fundamentally be kind to yourself compassion love and once you do that it's a domino effect you'll pass it on to someone else they'll pass it on and I'm a little dreamer I do dream of world peace in my tiny little space Aww. in my little thing in East London this little girl as I, I always say an ordinary girl living an extraordinary life I visualize peace and the way you're going to get world peace is if I have peace within me you have peace within you and you pass that on and we pass it on that's the only way we're going to eradicate these egomaniacs of the world and we're all going to be closer to peace thank you so thank much you. absolutely love that i love this conversation thank you i loved having this inspiring conversation with dulcie i found the importance of being true to yourself and looking inwards is perhaps one of the kindest gifts we can give to ourselves to thrive. As Dulcie says, trauma is a universal and difficult process that is unique to each of us, but we can find ways to heal through it. I hope this episode gave some of you hope or helped you understand navigating trauma a little better. If you are struggling with any of these issues, please check out the links in the show notes or feel free to get in touch with Dulcie. I'll be back next week 
with another fantastic guest. So please make sure you're back here by following the podcast on Spotify or Apple. And if you enjoyed this episode, then please do leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or share with a friend who might find it helpful. Thank you so much for listening. Take care.